Hello, and thank you for listening to Art History at Bedtime. My name is Bendor Grosvenor. This story is the life of the Florentine painter Fra Filippo Lippi, who was born in 1412 and died in 1469. It was published in 1568 by Giorgio Vasari as part of his book Lives of the Eminent Painters, Sculptors and Architects. This translation is by Elizabeth Foster and was published in 1888. The Carmelite monk Fra Filippo di Tommaso Lippi was born at Florence in a by-street called Adiglioni under the Canto alla Cuculia and behind the convent of the Carmelites. By the death of his father he was left a friendless orphan at the age of two years, his mother having also died shortly after his birth. The child was for some time under the care of a certain Mona Lapaccia, his aunt, the sister of his father, who brought him up with very great difficulty till he had attained his eighth year, when, being no longer able to support the burden of his maintenance, she placed him in the above-named convent of the Carmelites. Here, in proportion as he showed himself dexterous and ingenious in all works performed by hand, did he manifest the utmost dullness and incapacity in letters, to which he would never apply himself, nor would he take any pleasure in learning of any kind. The boy continued to be called by his worldly name of Filippo, and being placed with others who, like himself, were in the house of the novices under the care of the master, to the end that the latter might see what could be done with him, in place of studying he never did anything but daub his own books and those of the other boys with caricatures. Whereupon the prior determined to give him all means and every opportunity for learning to draw. The chapel of the Carmine had then been newly painted by Masaccio, and this being exceedingly beautiful pleased Fra Filippo greatly. Wherefore, he frequented it daily for his recreation, and, continually practising there, in company with many other youths who were constantly drawing in that place, he surpassed all the others by very much in dexterity and knowledge, insomuch that he was considered certain to accomplish some marvellous thing in the course of time. For not only in his youth, but when almost in his childhood, he performed so many praiseworthy labours that it was truly wonderful. While still very young, he painted a picture in Terra Verde in the cloister near Masaccio's painting of the Consecration, the subject of which was a pope confirming the rule of the Carmelites, with others in fresco on different parts of the church. Among these was a figure of St. John the Baptist, with stories from the life of that saint. Proceeding thus and improving from day to day, he had so closely followed the manner of Masaccio, and his works displayed so much similarity to those of the latter, that many affirmed the spirit of Masaccio to have entered the body of Fra Filippo. On one of the pillars of the church, near the organ, he depicted the figure of San Marziale, a work by which he acquired great fame, seeing that it was judged to bear a comparison with those executed by Masaccio. Whereupon, hearing himself so highly commended by all, he formed his resolution at the age of seventeen and boldly threw off the clerical habit. Some time after this event, and being in the march of Ancona, Filippo was one day amusing himself with certain of his friends in a boat on the sea when they were all taken by a Moorish galley which was cruising in that neighbourhood 
and led captives into Barbary, where he remained, suffering many tribulations for eighteen months. But having frequent opportunities of seeing his captor, it came into his head one day to draw his portrait, and finding an opportunity, he took a piece of charcoal from the fire, and with that delineated his figure at full length on a white wall, robed in his Moorish vestments. This being related to the captor by the other slaves, to all of whom it appeared a miracle, the arts of drawing and painting not being practised in that country, the circumstance caused his liberation from the chains in which he had been so long held. And truly that was greatly to the glory of that noble art, for here was a man to whom belonged the right of condemning and punishing, but who, in place of inflicting pains and death, does the direct contrary, and is even led to show friendship, and restore the captive to liberty. Having afterwards executed certain works in painting for his captor, he was then conducted safely to Naples, where he painted a picture on panel for King Alfonso, then Duke of Calabria, which was placed in the chapel of the castle, where the guardroom now is. But after no long time he conceived a wish to return to Florence, where he remained some months, during which time he painted an altarpiece for the nuns of San Ambrogio, a most beautiful picture, by means of which he became known to Cosimo de' Medici, who was thereby rendered his most assured friend. He likewise executed a painting in the chapter-house of Santa Croce, with a second which was placed in the chapel of the Medici Palace, and on which he depicted the Nativity of Christ. Other pictures by the same master, containing stories in small figures, were sent as a gift to Pope Eugenius IV, who was a Venetian, by Cosimo de' Medici, and these works caused Fra Filippo to be in great favour with that pontiff. It is said that Fra Filippo was much addicted to the pleasures of sense, insomuch that he would give all he possessed to secure the gratification of whatever inclination might at the moment be predominant. But if he could by no means accomplish his wishes, he would then depict the object which had attracted his attention in his paintings, and endeavour by discoursing and reasoning with himself to diminish the violence of his inclination. It was known that, while occupied in the pursuit of his pleasures, the works undertaken by him received little or none of his attention, for which reason Cosimo de' Medici, wishing him to execute a work in his own palace, shut him up, that he might not waste time in his running about. But having endured this confinement for two days, Fra Filippo then made ropes with the sheets of his bed, which he cut to pieces for that purpose, and so, having let himself down from a window, escaped, and for several days gave himself up to his amusements. When Cosimo found that the painter had disappeared, he caused him to be sought, and Fra Filippo at last returned to his work. But from that time forward, Cosimo gave him liberty to go in and out at his pleasure, repenting greatly of having previously shut him up, when he considered the danger that Fra Filippo had incurred by his folly in descending from the window, and ever afterwards, labouring to keep him in his work by kindness only, he was by this means much more promptly and effectually served by the painter, and was wont to say that the excellencies of rare genius were as forms of light, and not beasts of burden. In the church of San Lorenzo, Fra Filippo executed a picture, representing the Annunciation, which is in the chapel of the superintendents of works, with a second for the Della Stufa chapel which is not finished. 
For Santa Apostolo in the same city, he painted a picture in panel for one of the chapels. It represents the Virgin surrounded by different figures. And in Arezzo, he executed one for Messer Carlo Marsupini, to be placed in the chapel of San Bernardo, belonging to the monks of Monte Oliveto, wherein he depicted the coronation of the Virgin, surrounded by numerous saints. This work has maintained itself in so remarkable a degree of freshness that one might suppose it to have just been left by the hands of the master. With respect to this picture, the latter was exhorted by Carlo Massopini to give particular attention to the hands, his painting of which, in many of his works, had been much complained of. Whereupon Fra Filippo, wishing to avoid such blame for the future, ever afterwards sought to conceal the hands of his figures, either by the draperies or by some other contrivance. In Florence, Fra Filippo painted the picture of a presepio for the nuns of Annalena, and some of his works are also to be seen in Padua. In Prato, near Florence, where Fra Filippo had some relations, he took up his abode for some months, and there executed works for the whole surrounding district, in company with the Carmelite, Fra Diamante, who had been his companion in Novitiate. Having then received a commission from the nuns of Santa Margherita to paint a picture for the high altar of their church, he one day chanced to see the daughter of Francesco Buti, a citizen of Florence, who had been sent to the convent, either as a novice or boarder. Fra Filippo, having given a glance at Lucrezia, for such was the name of the girl, who was exceedingly beautiful and graceful, so persuaded the nuns that he prevailed on them to permit him to make a likeness of her, for the figure of the Virgin in the work he was executing for them. The result of this was that the painter fell violently in love with Lucrezia, and at length found means to influence her in such a manner that he led her away from the nuns. And on a certain day, when she had gone forth to do honour to the Cintola of Our Lady, a venerated relic preserved at Prato, he bore her from their keeping. By this event, the nuns were deeply disgraced, and the father of Lucrezia was so grievously afflicted thereat that he never more recovered his cheerfulness and made every possible effort to regain his child. But Lucrezia, whether retained by fear or some other cause, would not return, but remained with Filippo, to whom she bore a son, who was also called Filippo, and who eventually became a most excellent and very famous painter, like his father. In the capitular church of Prato, on a small tablet which is over the side door as one ascends the steps, Fra Filippo depicted the death of San Bernardo, by the touch of whose beer many lame persons are restored to health. In this works are monks bewailing the loss of their master, and the exquisite grace of their heads, the truth and beauty with which their grief and the plaintive expression of their weeping are conveyed to the spectator, is a thing marvellous to behold. Some of the hoods and draperies of these monks have most beautiful folds, and the whole work merits the utmost praise for the excellence of its design, composition, and colouring, as well as for the grace and harmony of proportion displayed in it. He was also appointed by the wardens of the same church, who desired to retain a memorial of him, to paint the chapel of the high altar. In the same work are stories from the life of Santo Stefano, to whom the church is dedicated. St. Stephen, calm and steadfast in the midst of terrible violence, is seen with his face towards heaven, imploring the pardon of the Eternal Father for those who thus attack him, 
This variety of expression is certainly very fine and is well calculated to teach students of art the value of imitative power and the importance of being able to express clearly the affections and emotions of the characters represented. Fra Filippo devoted the most earnest attention to this point, as is seen in this work. He has given the disciples who are burying St. Stephen attitudes so full of dejection and faces so deeply afflicted, so drowned in tears, that it is scarcely possible to look at them without feeling a sense of sorrow. On the other side of the chapel is the history of St. John the Baptist. In the picture of the preaching, the divine spirit inspiring the speaker is most clearly manifest in his face, while the different emotions of hope, anxiety, gladness and sorrow of the crowd, women as well as men, who are listening around him, charmed and mastered by the force of his words, are equally well expressed. A portrait of Fra Filippo himself, taken with his own hand by the help of a mirror, is one of them, and among the persons who bewail the death of St. Stephen is the portrait of his disciple Fra Diamante, in a figure robed in black and bearing the vestments of a bishop. This work is indeed the best of all that he produced, as well as for the many fine qualities displayed in it, as for the circumstance that having made the figure somewhat larger than life, he encouraged those who came after him to enlarge their manner. Fra Filippo was indeed so highly estimated for his great gifts that many circumstances in his life which were very blamable received pardon and were partly placed out of view in consideration of his extraordinary abilities. Among those who studied with Fra Filippo were Sandro Botticello, Pizzello and Jacopo del Salaio, a Florentine who painted two pictures for the church of San Friano and one in distemper for that of the Carmine. Fra Filippo lived creditably by his labours and expended very large sums on the pleasures to which he continued to addict himself, even to the end of his life. Fra Filippo was requested by the Commune of Spoleto to paint the chapel in their principal church, and this work, with the assistance of Fra Diamante, he was conducting to a successful termination, when, being overtaken by death, he was prevented from completing it. It was said that the libertinism of his conduct occasioned this catastrophe, and that he was poisoned by certain persons related to the object of his love. Fra Filippo finished the course of his life in the year 1438, being then 57 years old. He left Filippo his son to the guardianship of Fra Diamante, with whom the child, then 10 years old, returned to Florence and was by him instructed in the art of painting. Fra Diamante took 300 ducats with him from Spoleto, which remained to be received from the commune for the work performed there, and with this sum he purchased a certain property for himself, appropriating but little of it to the child. The latter was placed with Sandro Botticello, who was at that time considered an excellent master in painting, and the old man was buried in a tomb of red and white marble, which the people of Spoleto caused to be erected for him in the church which he was painting. The death of Fra Filippo caused much regret to many among his friends, more particularly to Cosimo de' Medici and Pope Eugenius IV. The latter had offered in his lifetime to give him a dispensation that he might make Lucrezia his legitimate wife. But Fra Filippo, desiring to retain the power of living after his own fashion and of indulging his love of pleasure as might seem good to him, did not care to accept the offer.
If you have enjoyed these podcasts, please consider making a donation to Art History Linkup, the charity which teaches the history of art to state school children in the UK. Art History Linkup is continuing its classes online during the pandemic, but would benefit from all our help. Donation details can be found on their website, arthistorylinkup.org. Thank you.